And I want to welcome everybody on into Crashing Game Night. I am your host, Matt Teorio, as always. And tonight, Crashing Game Night with us is voice actress and the voice of Rosalina, Laura Faye Smith. Hi. And up there in the corner is the baby face one, Theo Walski. What is up, everybody? And as always, our maitre d' of services and guest services, the man with the couch, Lions Mane, Jason Baladio. How's it going, guys? How's it going tonight, Laura? Thank you so much for joining us on this couch. In um, my pleasure. What's the story with the couch? So a long time ago, just, you know, um, I was Jason started in it. Room. I'll give it to him. <laughs> yeah, I was in another room and it was always just a complete mess. So I needed something to put on the virtual background. And since we always had guests, you know, what better thing than to put a little couch, you know, sit down, relax. It's another game night. I was going to say, like, that's, that is actually mm-hmm. a really great idea. Yeah, <laughs> the couch has night. evolved. You know, you just gotta <laughs> relax, hang out, have a few drinks or, you know, get ready for whatever it may come. Okay, yeah. perfect. You so, need like uh, little dogs curled up in the corner there. Just oh, like, see, I, I, oh, I that'd be perfect. I do need to well, get a new couch soon. We so. need a new couch for uh, here in a couple of weeks. So, Jason, you've got some homework to do. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But there's uh, only so many IKEA couches, though. So, <laughs> <laughs> may need to span out just a little bit. Maybe some furniture row. Right, I don't yeah. know. You can create, Pottery you, Barn, William Sonoma. There you go. Yeah, maybe maybe some uh, Crate and Barrel or something. There like that. you go. Oh, oh, hardware. That's a little rich for my blood, man. That's a little rich. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. We got American Furniture Warehouse out here. You know, yeah, so. so, you know. We'll find something. What about the curb? I mean, I just see plenty of things. Right? <laughs> one day, one day, one day. That was couch be. version number one. Yes, that was. That was number one. Oh, yeah. That was... It was like that free that the one you see out of the curb that's like the old leather couch that was like looks all yeah. run down and run free down. to a good home. Yeah. Years oh, ago, no. I had a garage sale and we what didn't sell at the end of the garage sale, like especially some furniture. We thought, well, we'll just put it out on the curb and with a sign that says free and see, you know, if anyone takes it. And if not, then we'll pay to like have it hauled away. And I put this armoire out on the court, the curb. And I went back in the house and like in the amount of time it took me to pick up a pen and write free on a piece of cardboard. So less than a minute and walked outside, it was gone. And there was nobody. I'm, I'm like, how did they come? Where did okay. they come from? It was like magic. I couldn't believe how fast it was gone. And there was no trace of like the car, the like, how do you just throw an armoire on the back of your Prius or whatever? You know, <laughs> <Right>. I mean, <laughs> made no sense. I oh, that makes me think moved. of, um, that makes me think of, I don't know if you've seen How I Met Your Mother, but they called that in front of their stoop, the Bermuda Triangle. Oh. <laughs> as soon as they left something, it was completely gone. gone. <laughs> until Marshall puts out his weird barrel and he's so excited for it to disappear, but nobody wants no a freaking barrel. <laughs> oh, funny. Well, that reminds me when we moved to Virginia from Colorado originally and we left furniture behind. Just It was just older, needed to be replaced and stuff. And my dad took care of the... the uh, the posting for it and he's like free and within like 15 minutes you already had responses on it's like okay yeah. sure yeah we'll go to a good home so how's your week been laura it's been good it's been busy i'm getting ready to go to pensacon next weekend mm-hmm. and it's like mm. that's how it always works as soon as you're about to be out of town suddenly everybody needs you for something so it's been <laughs> like like half my time today has just been spent scheduling everything between now and next week of like just trying to pack it in as wow. much as oh wow. wow yeah i'm assuming sorry, uh, i'm unfamiliar with like pensacon, a, yeah 
Oh, yes, Pensacon is um, it's a Comic Con in Pensacola, Florida, and oh, so okay. that's okay. happening. Oh gosh, the number dates or whatever. Not this coming <laughs> Friday, Saturday, Sunday, but the following Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Gotcha. Okay, so, so the eighteenth, nineteenth, so, and twentieth. Yes. Yep. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Leading into my birthday weekend. Oh, happy birthday! Yeah, two twenty-two. Nice. Looking forward to it. It'll be a. We are going to see Andy Grammer in concert down here in Denver. Very cool. So oh, you live in Denver. Okay. Yeah, I moved. Yeah, we moved from Virginia to Arizona, and then the Scorpions decided to say, mm, "You guys shouldn't be here anymore," and we said, <laughs> "Bye." Right. And we decided to come back home. So it's it's good being around family that we are within thirty minutes of. Um, you know, I'm back being pseudo kind of neighbors, thirty minutes away from Theo now. Well, it doesn't really matter where no. we, I mean, COVID really changed the game didn't it? Yeah. in terms of oh, yeah. being oh, able yes. to live somewhere other than where you were mm-hmm. and still have your job. Because I think when everyone suddenly realized, well, you did it all that time when you couldn't come in and it really wasn't that big of a deal. So now yep. what are people's argument for? You have to come in. Exactly. Right. That's my entire team is all fully remote. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's going to save people a ton of money on renting yeah. office space. Like here in right. LA, you know, you used to go in and audition for stuff and there were like everywhere in LA, there were these places that would have like, you know, mm-hmm. 10 studios in there where you would go in and do a, an in-person audition and it'd be different casting directors would just like rent space. Um, they're gone. Like most of them are shut down because suddenly oh. everything is oh. tape. And yeah. I think a lot of those people went, why are we spending money on renting that expensive mm-hmm. space when we can see more people and they don't have to go anywhere or pay for parking or be late because of traffic, mm-hmm. the director can be in London and they can be, you know, various places and it just doesn't matter as much. It's a game changer in terms of people realizing, oh, it just kind of works that way. Now, right. before COVID, did you have your own studio in-house or did you build it, build one because of COVID or? Well, I've always had like, when I lived in Oregon, I actually had like a recording booth in the house that I was living in. And then I moved here and I moved into an apartment and I just used like my walk-in closet for that, which was kind of like, I don't have like a fancy apartment, but it's like, I looked for a place that had a walk-in closet because Mm -hmm. I knew I, once you pack all the clothes in there, it's like having a sound booth and people, clients that I had had who had heard me in the sound booth didn't know I'd moved. Like they're just, nobody nobody noticed the difference because the sound was pretty much exactly the same. So um, yeah, I had that, I've always kind of had that even before COVID was like, because I do audiobooks. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, if you have to go like rent a space every time you want to go do an audiobook, it's just like, kill me. Oh, I bet. Yeah. So for those that are just, you know, joining us in Twitch and um, that'll be listening to the audio feed over the weekend and stuff that don't know your career outside of you being... Rosalina <laughs> um, <laughs> is so I mean look here at IMDb kind of you started acting what 2005 well I started acting like years and years before I mean my background is live theater and that's oh. what I did oh, for, nice. is that where the improv part comes that you were kind of talking about on your profile and stuff yeah you know because I, I did like in high school and college I just did theater and then when I graduated and I was like then trying to get cast in plays in Portland which is where I was living I just kept getting cast in improv like I kept getting cast and I was getting paid so it wasn't like I was getting cast to do free improv Mm -hmm. I was like touring nationally and internationally and Mm -hmm. doing that but I had no training I had no idea what I was doing Um, (laughs) it was seriously like I would do shows and be like well tonight went really well um I don't know why I don't know how to recreate that and I finally after I'd done it for a few years went and actually got some training um and then I was like oh now I have technique that's nice to have technique to go with that 
But um, yeah, I started in live theater. And then, you know, you don't see a ton of like TV and film and stuff on my resume because of where I was living, because there just mm-hmm. isn't as much. There's only like a couple shows that tend to film in Portland. Um, mm-hmm. And then maybe like small independent films here and there. But it's not like living in Los Angeles or New York or something or even... You know, um, I think like Atlanta has a pretty good scene, New Mexico, like there's there's certain places that you just have more things going on, but there just wasn't an opportunity to even do that kind of stuff. So people can look at my resume and be like, oh, it started in 2005. But long before that, you know, I'm an equity actress and I was doing lots and lots of of live theater and like making my living full time for a while as an actor. I have have the utmost respect for those that are in live theater because you don't get a take. Yeah. You don't get a two-over yeah. or rewind or anything. It is, you're you, in there, you're in the moment and go. <laughs> you know what's so valuable about that and improv is you learn so much about audience. And I think that's mm-hmm. something that if you just do film, because you don't get the audience until you actually go see the finished project. Like, you know what the people in the room are enjoying, what you like, especially if you're doing comedy and they laugh or whatever, or they're like, oh, you know, I was moved by that. But you also don't always know if people are telling you the truth. Um, being on stage in front of like, thousands and hundreds, thousands of people. Sometimes like I did children's theater down at this theater that where it's like, you know, 5,000 screaming kids at 10 o'clock in the morning. <laughs> and trust me, you know where the slow stuff is when you're doing a show for children. Like they will start talking oh, and wiggling. And like the second it gets slow, it's like, blah, 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 like you just hear that in the audience. Like mm-hmm. it's riveted when it's interesting and they're laughing and screaming and you feel like a rock star. Like they scream when the curtain goes up before you've mm-hmm. even done anything. It's like, <laughs> like welcome to my house. Yeah. Right. <laughs> You're so excited just to be there and to not be in school. And then you actually, you know, in the, when you do it, you know, if you have a boring show, cause they will tell you like with just the restlessness. Yep. Um, and yeah, then I learned, you know, like doing a live show night after night for different groups of people and feeling it work sometimes and not other times and improv's the same where you don't even have a script you know, so, but you're doing it for like all these different, you know, demographics can Mm -hmm. change that like college shows or versus a show you're doing for like a business. If you're doing private shows, drunks at a Christmas party, drunks in a bar, like wherever you are, Mm -hmm. circumstances can change that so much. So I think having that live theater experience, like being so much of what my background was based in, um, I learned a lot about audiences, a lot Mm -hmm. about what makes people laugh about, you know, how long can people take of the setup, you know, and, and especially doing improv because you were crafting it as you went. What was your favorite type of crowd to do shows for? Well, I mean, just this sounds lame, but people who wanted to be there, like the worst is like when you were doing shows, mm-hmm. when you could just tell people were dragged there Friday nights, sometimes even in like, you know, regular theater shows where maybe people were being dragged there by a spouse mm-hmm. and you've got Aww. people like sleeping in the front row um, you know, or people just like not there to have a good time. Like, you know, if you go to a concert and everyone's just like <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. dancing, like, isn't that what you paid for? Like, right. are we supposed to have fun? This is supposed to be like a party. And people are like, mm-hmm. I'm like, I'm not here to have fun. I'm just here to judge. Um, so I would say like, you know, the, like the, the, my favorite groups of people to perform for were people who were just there to have a great time. So like Saturday nights usually were, were super fun. Because people like can rest. Oh, sorry. Hang on. Oh, you're fine. Oh, sorry. Come on. Sorry about that. Let me um, put my phone on. Do not disturb. It's <laughs> all good. Didn't even it think of that. It is all good. Um, you're going to have to remind me what I was talking about by the time I figure this out. Saturday night. 
Saturday night. <laughs> Saturday night tends tends to be um, the the best time because people had had a day to like rest and mm-hmm. you know they relaxed and they were they were in party mode like they were there to be entertained they were there to have fun yeah, and that doesn't mean that I didn't have sometimes great you know and I mean when you're doing like shows at a place like Portland Center Stage you're performing Tuesday through Sunday so you know you're mm-hmm. almost every day of the week but. But Saturday nights tend to be when a lot of people will come see something and having a big crowd, a big live crowd that's super excited about the experience. You know, it's, mm-hmm. it's such a dance between audience performer and any kind of a live situation. Um, you know, when they're there and they really want to have a good time and you want to give them a good time. It's just like the perfect it's like it's like a great mm-hmm. date. Right. Like, so you'd, you'd be like a shoe in for Saturday Night Live then. Oh gosh. I mean, that, oh boy, what those <laughs> I mean, sketch, you know, I mean, like the schedule. Yeah. You ever like done like a red, like kind of a play by play of what the schedule is for that show? No. It, it is. It's intense. Like from, yep. you know, they start writing. Like if you read like Amy Poehler's book or Tina Fey's or like just even online, you could probably easily find the schedule of putting that show together of like, they meet on like Monday and they start right. Or, you know, I think they have like Sunday off, but like Monday they start writing sketches and then they, you know, there's a certain amount of time where they just write and then the guest comes in and they do a bunch of read throughs. And then Lauren picks the stuff that's going to be in there. And then they're starting to rehearse and, you know, the kind of top to bottom of it. Wow. Is, yeah. Oh, geez. It's one of the most intense yep. jobs that people like, I want to say Amy Poehler wrote in her book, something about, she wrote that book. Yes, please. Um, that she it was like New Year's Eve or something with this amazing viewer from 30 Rock and they'd just done like some kind of a New Year's Eve show or something. And she's like, she was just like looking out over New York thinking, God, I'm tired. Like that's all she had. <laughs> I can't remember the exact like, quote. It. It like, Harry, you know, you're on this amazing mm-hmm. iconic show and you're just wiped out because it's so right. much, it's so much work. It's such mm-hmm. an intense and for the, the hosts too, like, you know, just kind of coming in and the speed with mm-hmm. which that show moves and rehearses and then launches like they make it look easy, but I think it's anything, but. Yeah. So when we look at talk about TV and stuff, um, you know, when we look at your physical acting, you know, versus your voice over career, you know, some of your highlights are you been on the show Grimm. Mm-hmm. Uh, Great show. Great yeah. show. Which I know he's a fan of Grimm. <laughs> he used to talk my I'm ear about Grimm. <laughs> You know, you were on the exceptionals for four episodes. Um, you also starred, um, in beautiful day in the neighborhood as Fred's secretary. No, I didn't. Here's what's funny really? about IMDb. It is frequently wrong and it is so hard <laughs> to get it corrected. So there are things on that page that are, and I, and I think it's cause I'm a Smith, you know, like I, I go yeah. by my middle name, Laura Faye Smith to differentiate, but there's gotta be some other poor Laura Smith who was in the, and, yeah. and I should take it. Just take credit for it. I, yeah. Yeah, you know I wouldn't want That's someone me. to take my, because someone, someone oh, said it to me. I was like talking about it on, I think a clubhouse room. I was, it was all about like how to fix mm-hmm. your IMDB page. And I'm like, I have emailed them four times and said, please take this credit off. That is not me. And they will not take it off. They just leave it on there and they just keep ignoring it. I'm like, but there's some girl out there who's like, That's yeah. my IMDB credit that yeah. when I'm trying to get an agent that I don't have, that this girl has you know, and I'm like, I don't want credit for someone else's work, but I can't get rid of it. And I think it's because I'm a Smith. They're probably like, they want it to be accurate. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm like, why would I, why would I get that good of a credit taken off? You know what I mean? Like, why would I, I mean, want... it's opposite Tom Hanks. It's like, yeah. it's like, why would <laughs> right. I, why would I push for that? Why would I, what actress would be like, no, no, that's not yep. me. Like, you know, you'd be more like lying to get it on there. Um, so I don't know. So yes, I was not in beautiful day in a neighborhood. So 
with that, <laughs> have been <laughs> have been the voice of Rosalina since 2013. Yes. Um, and then you were also um, Kana in Fire Emblem Fates and the voice of Noelle in Genshin Impact. Yeah. Um, so when you look at your acting career as a whole, from improv to physical acting and voiceover, what made you pursue acting in the beginning and then eventually pivot into doing voice, voiceover work? Well, acting in the beginning came about because I have a sister who's two years older than me and she did theater in college. Uh, I mean, sorry, in high school. And um, I remember thinking it was weird. Like I had train wreck fascination with it where I was like, this is so weird. And I would go see, but I was, but I couldn't, I was drawn to it at the same time. Like I would go, I see like, you know, a show in high school runs just like a weekend. It's like, you know, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, but I would go to like every single show because I was fascinated with the fact it was a little mm-hmm. bit different every time you saw it because of mm-hmm. just the human live element. Um, so I got curious about it because of that, but didn't really think that's what I wanted to do. And I was going to like try out for cheerleading and do that whole thing. And then my mom was having the, the like, right before I was about to do the the tryouts, my mom was having surgery later that year. And she was like, you know, could you wait a year to do that? Because we live way out in the country. And she goes, I'm not going to be able to drive. Your sister doesn't have her license yet. Your dad's at work all day. Like just, it's going to be really hard to get you to practices at like six o'clock in the morning or whatever they were. So I waited. And then in the meantime, I auditioned for a play and got cast. And then when I did that, I was like, oh, well, this is, this is all I want to do. Like I can, mm-hmm. I can distinctly to this day, remember like that first moment, my first, I remember the first line, what I was wearing, what it looked like, smelled like, like everything that was such a, it was one of the first moments in my life going, this is I like really clearly knowing what I wanted. You know, I think there's moments mm-hmm. we all have where you're like, oh, this is, I found my thing. This is my thing. Oh, I haven't had that yet. Nope. Well, around gaming? Yet. Have you like around gaming or anything? Nope. Not, not nope. even around that yet. Nope. <laughs> Well, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm hopeful for you Thea, that you're going to have that moment because it is a great time. moment when you, when you, do I have time I, though? Do I, you I mean, Thea, you're, you're, make only, time, Thea. you're, you can, you're in the young, we're all in our thirties, you, you know, you Speak know, for yourself, dude. Hey, I was trying to compliment you, you sir. <laughs> but that's, that's how I got into to acting, mm-hmm. you know, was, was doing that. And then from there, that's like never looked back and that's all I wanted to do. Um, and then, voiceover came about, you know, I mean, again, like living in Portland, there wasn't a ton of film and TV opportunities and very little voiceover. Um, Mm -hmm. And I just had, but I had an agent who was like, you know, for, for film TV commercial, who mostly called me in for commercial stuff and industrial stuff. And she occasionally would submit me for voiceovers. And like, I would, I didn't have any like home setup or anything. I would just go into her offices and record there. She had like a mic setup and would record an audition. And I booked something and I went and did it. And I went, this is kind of great. Like you don't have to put on makeup. You don't have to memorize it. You don't have to worry about how you look. You just do it, but you were still kind of acting. And that was just doing like a really boring industrial job. Like that was like, I was was like training for Kroger's Deli or something. Oh, someone's joining us. Oh, that's, that's fashionably late. That's the the, the slacker. (laughs) That's the slacker. That's fashionably late. Okay. Um, So when you're talking about that, did you even know you were auditioning for Rosalina? I did. Yeah. Like when I got the um, audition through my agent, I knew that that's what it was. Like the, you know, when they sent it to me, I was mm-hmm. a- aware of what I was auditioning for. Oh, nice. nice. That is right. He is, he is on California time right now. So he's not, he's, he's, he's an hour behind. Very- <laughs> uh, <laughs> did hey, we Gary. interrupt some uh, Disneyland up, time? Is Sorry. that why? That. Yeah, it was. Hello. Hello. 
Hi. Um, so sorry. I'm, I'm my my setup the, is mobile here, so I'm sorry. I was connecting everything. And yeah, it's the my the bad guys. Mobile. Sorry. I mean, <laughs> at least you're at least you're not at Disneyland right now, which we know you probably would be. Oh, yes. oh man. I, I I was tempted. I'm, so I'm this, not. I'm not gonna lie. This guy, you in California, not even hitting me up. What the heck, man? He's in. Okay, he's in Long Beach. No, I mean I'm he didn't Long call Beach. you about PS5. So what makes you think he's gonna call you up when he's in Long <laughs> Beach? No, no, uh, no. I'm not in Long Beach. I'm I'm at the grandma's. That's why I, I was spending okay. the, the first couple oh, okay. days with grandma in in, in uh, Whittier, and uh, so tomorrow I'm gonna be in Long Beach. Uh, yep. to go see the family still not even hitting me up though so yeah. sorry guys so, <laughs> um so i was going I get, to <laughs> so laura i gotta ask what did it feel like when you found out that you actually were going to be the voice of rosalina and part of the mario universe i was beyond i was so excited i remember i was doing um this play reading thing that i did every year it was like a new playwrights festival um and i remember getting the like the email and i just like checked my phone backstage and had this email from my agent saying that i booked it and i was just and i had i really i've told this story a lot about i was not sure how that audition went mm-hmm. um like i just wasn't sure if I'd done very well. And then, so when I got it, I was like genuinely like surprised and really excited and happy. Um, and I remember just being the just like, Oh my gosh, I got this, you know, and, and super excited about that because I had played Mario, you know, like when I was younger, like I, and I had yeah. little game boys and stuff, you know, so yeah. it was like this, this game that I actually really the world I knew and enjoyed. And, and then it was like, Oh my, I'm going to be a part of that. What? And I think, and I had already met Jen Taylor and I had done a play already together at that point, who was the original voice of like Peach and Toad and that, and, you know, does Cortana and everything. Like we had done a production of Pride and Prejudice together. I remember her talking about her voiceover career and stuff, but that was before, I I think I had done voiceover, but I had never done any kind of animation or video game type stuff. And, you know, and now you have been the voice of Rosalina the whole time. Through all the yeah. Mario Karts, all the Mario parties. Well, you know I'm the third, right? The third person to yeah, do it? Third. Yeah, yeah, since, yeah. yeah, I'm talking like since 2013, you have the resume of Rosalina. Right. Um, do we get to hear you in Strikers? Um, well, uh, or, that's okay. new. That's, that's just coming out. Matt. They just This was just the announcement thing? That yeah, they just oh, announced it yesterday. They dropped it already yesterday. The said, game hey. is already out? Not yet. No, they, 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 they dropped the trailer it. for it yeah. uh, officially the on the Nintendo Direct yesterday. So uh, if you can't say so, that's fine. And that's the we thing. Will... You know, you just like, and, and the yep. thing is that fans, they totally. know stuff. They're like, I'm, I'm not sure. Like if they ever are like, oh, I need a job. I'm like, go be a private detective. You people can figure out <laughs> anything. <laughs> no, seriously. I think I yeah, told that story. is true. That is In very another, true. In another interview, there was a there's a game that I was asking about where I was like, can I talk about this yet? Like I had was asked, I'd gone in to do some further recording on something. And I'm like, is this out and about yet? And they said, well, let us find out. We're not 100 percent sure. They said, usually if you can find it, you know, on the Internet, it's fine, but we should check. And I was like, yeah, no problem. And they said they, they told the story. Some guy they knew had gone in and done a recording for a project and he was on the Warner Brothers lot. And he took a picture of himself in front of that iconic Warner Brothers water tower. Like mm-hmm. I've ever seen pictures of that. That's it. That's all he did. He just posted a picture of that, not the studio, just him with thing in the background. And that's like on the way to the car, right? Like that's not in the studio. I would do it just because. Yeah. That's iconic. You know, that's you know, that's you know, animaniac. But, <laughs> but here's what happened. Studio. Totally get it. 
Yes, yeah, some, some, so no one had a problem with them posting that picture. What, but some fan was able to look at the time code on the picture, match it up to stuff they knew about the engineers and put together what he was working on. Wow. That's terrifying, right? From a timestamp, from a single timestamp. That's pretty insane. And so wow. you kind of look at that and you go, well, I feel like I can't do anything around this because right? I don't want to get fired or, you know, in trouble, yeah. like violating my NDA in some way because I posted a picture of the Water Brothers, you know, I mean, the Warner Water Brothers, Warner Brothers Tower. <laughs> yeah. Like that, that's crazy <laughs> to me. Especially an innocent picture. It's an, like it was an that. innocent picture. He did not that, say it. How you have to be paranoid about that. Yeah, like I'm here recording on yeah. the Warner Brothers lot. He didn't say that at all. It's just like, yeah, look at that. Where you could be there on a tour or something, you know? I mean, True. like there could be a million reasons why you were there, but people figured it out because he was a voice talent. And they and like people who are paying a lot of attention, somehow they did it. Like I don't, I remember they just being like, it was amazing how someone was able to like, like I don't have that amount of time in my life, (laughs) but people do. (laughs) So we did have a question dropped in a chat. Um, Simpson fan 89. He wanted, uh, they wanted to know how early do you record the voice when you do your voiceovers in terms of the the development and the release date? Uh, It completely depends on stuff. Like, you know, when I did my first game, the super Mario 3d world, like that was still in the development phase. That game was like, it didn't even look like the final game when I was doing mm-hmm. the recording for it. Like it, it was a kind of a, I don't know the ways like, like Rosaline and the, they didn't look like themselves. You could see these little mm-hmm. figures moving. So you could see what the action was, but, um, and then there's been other things that have been much further along. Um, and then they reuse things sometimes too. So that's, it, it's, it completely runs the gamut. It completely depends on the game. And then, like, especially if you're doing, like, a game where it's, like, it originated somewhere else and this is the English dub of it, like, the game kind of mm. So sometimes they, they will show you, they'll kind of mm. do almost an ADR thing where they'll, like, if you're looking for a certain action thing, like, you will watch a clip of it, but other times you're just doing the lines. It, it really is all over the map. Well, Simpson fan put in, uh, in chat, though, uh, it was the first game uh, that they and their daughter beat together. Which one? Super Mario 3D? Super Mario 3D World. Oh, that's great. I love that they did it together. Uh, that is that is fantastic. I know my son right now is totally obsessed with Mario Party. Okay. Uh, Super Mario Party uh, came out for the Switch. Is your wife the teaching one. him yeah. everything she knows on destroying people? Oh, no. He's doing it on his own. <laughs> Oh, okay. So, so he's self-taught. Oh, he's a genius. We oh, knew this was another, happening. Another natural ringer. <laughs> so, is your no. your whole family ringers is- in that family? Oh, yeah. He oh. just he okay. Jerry's ringers. just sore because <laughs> he he came in. I mean, I'd play some Mario Kart and my wife just stomped him into the ground. Well, there has to be a little bit of background (laughs) because Jerry is not quite the standard to go to because there is the term of a Jerry round. That is just the absolute yeah, worst that could happen. So you can't quite really (laughs) gauge a person's strength against Jerry. You thought you were finally rid of something. But no, <laughs> no, forever, forever, sir. <laughs> it was well, it, what dictionary is it? <laughs> it's in Urban Dictionary. We had it's we in Urban it Dictionary. <laughs> it's definitely there. We were playing uh, one right. of the Call of Duty. We were playing one of the Call of Duties uh, one night. And I'm a little, I'm a little did, bitter about Mar- Mario Kart. It sounds abysmal, like it. But you, uh, do you play as Rosalina? 
No. I'm That's your problem. No. <laughs> <laughs> what? See, see, I'm, I'm, she's I'm probably right. I don't know. My wife plays as Peach. So. Oh, does she? But yeah. Oh, yeah. She's. You guys she know Samantha bicycle. Kelly? She's the, not yet. No. Oh, she's lovely. You should have her on. I just met oh, her. That'd be great. I just met her at oh, Snack Anime. God. Like we mm-hmm. lived like so close together for years. Like she lived in Seattle mm-hmm. and I lived in Portland. And um, oh, wow. I just met her like la- this, like mid last year. Um, mm-hmm. And then met her in person at Snack Anime. Uh, mm-hmm. last month. And she, I'll see her again at Pensacon this weekend. And she is That's so crazy. A delight. She's lovely. <laughs> but yeah, I can admit, I mean, for as long as I've been playing Mario Kart, going back to original Super Nintendo days, um, there's only one, maybe two courses I can beat my wife at. The rest, <laughs> it is all her. And we're talking Rainbow even. Road. <laughs> we're talking even like 150 CC and reverse and all wow. of that. So I'm looking forward to the announced 48 new tracks that they're bringing in, just so maybe I have a chance <laughs> to find something. But I told her it was like, yeah, Can't wait there's to play. 48 more chances for you to kick my butt. You got to find a way to pre-play them all before she sees them, and you can kind of like honestly. I, I've said it before. Like I, I need to train, and I told them that I would I would do some training. So I, you know what, I need to I need to start playing again. So you, you gave me the you motivation. Need, I mean, you need Jerry, to get on that. Yeah. To your defense, uh, Jerry, ro- there was that you. time. There was that time when I was playing against <laughs> Eva's sister, and then without me knowing, Eva jumps in on the controller and just annihilates me. <laughs> And I'm thinking here, yep. it's like, oh my God, there's more of them in the family Ringer. that do this. But no, yeah. turn around and she's just laughing at me the entire time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it's fun. Um, so have you had a favorite Mario game to work on so far? I mean, I, I my answer to that is probably the first one I did just because it was so exciting. So Super Mario 3D World. It. She's got the touch. What? Oh, cool. Oh, he's he was saying you've got he's the touch. Got a, I think he's got a little oh. bit of a latency. I was going to say there, there, there oh, must is be that a delay me? On oh, it. I'm sorry. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, Super Mario 3D World probably was the the one that was the most fun and exciting to work on, just because it was the first one, um, and it was like several days in, in a row of recording for that. So just like being really kind of in it for a few days. Um, so when it comes to when it comes to acting and voice acting and stuff. Um, when you look at people that are aspiring to get into the industry, whether it's improv theater, whatever, what kind of, what's some of the advice that you could give them? I always say starting off, it it kind of depends on what you want to do, like, like what type of voiceover you want to do. But if you want to do if like most people listening to this is going to be animation and games, like animation, video games, and it's acting. You know, you you need an acting background. I was just talking to some guy at Sac Anime about this who was in college, and he's like, you know, what should I be taking? And I was like, you should be taking acting classes. Like that is going to help you mm-hmm. the most because, you know, when you're whether you, all video game stuff is about, you know, like like the Mario games are, are a little different because it's a lot of just efforts. What they call, you know, we're like, oh, mm-hmm. ah, like it's making those kinds of sounds. But you know, you look at games like. Call of Duty and like, you know, all those kind of like you're in a war situation or you're, you know, even Genshin, you know, where you're going into these worlds and you have these stories and these hangouts and things like that's all just playing circumstances and and playing a character and being emotional and uh, having, you know, characters want something and, you know, how are they going to get it and overcoming obstacles and Mm -hmm. trying to have believable sounding dialogue where you're actually speaking full sentences to little paragraphs to little Mm -hmm. like monologue type things. So without acting training, 
you can do all the funny voices you want. I mean, unless you wanted to be like, there are people out there who, um, you know, are, are great mimics of like older cartoons, like uh, Eric Bowser, you know, who's doing, um, he's Bugs Bunny and Elmer Fudd. And like, he's, he's doing all those Looney Tune voices right now, you know, and there are people who have that ability and that's fantastic, but you know, there's only going to be like one or two people doing that, mm-hmm. but you just, if you want to get in the world, it's easy to get in the world, you know, because there's so many different games. I mean, not mm. easy, but it's easier to just be able to kind of sound like yourself and then have the ability to act out all these different situations. So I always say definitely get acting training so that you know how to act because you're not just standing in front of the mic like super still doing a weird voice like you are, you know. You're acting, you know, and you were like, you know, when you're throwing a grenade, you're like, you're, you're doing the motion with it and stuff because you want your voice to sound like that. Like I was just recording something earlier today where I rec- was recording it and I was like kind of on the mic and then I'm like, oh, wait, it, it says right here, she's like way far ahead of them. So then, you know, you're way back and you're yelling back at them, you know, and you're like back way off it. And so like, it's, it's all sorts of, it's very physical in, in the wow. life that you have and that it's, it's not okay. just like standing this close like to the right microphone, the mic. unless you're like whispering in someone's ear, you know, or you're being seductive because you're getting closer, you know, like there's different things that you're going to physically do to differentiate your sound. Um, so improv also hugely, hugely, like for, especially for like a lot mm-hmm. of um, animated shows, like really want people with improv training because they really want you to inhabit that character and be able to play a little mm-hmm. bit. So I would say my improv training has come in huge, but having an acting background is how you're usually able to do this. And that's not about creating the funny voice. There are plenty, like look at all the um, celebrity casting, you know, that you see in like a Pixar movie or whatever. Those mm-hmm. those actors are acting and they sound like them. They're not trying, like you, you can listen to Finding Nemo and you know that that's Ellen DeGeneres doing Nemo. Like you know that that's the voice, but she's acting. Right. Um, and I was going to ask you how much improv did help you with, with a lot uh, of that. Uh, and you just answered that. So, um, I, was, I was actually going to end up asking, like, do you feel like the improv is like really important for, cause I, I've heard in other interviews that for voiceovers that you are tasked with saying the same line, like 25 different ways. Do you think improv helps with something like that? And that's not just animation video games. I get commercial auditions all the time where they say, we want your best improv comedy performers. And so they want you to kind of go off. I had a gig for, this was, it ended right during COVID kind of is what cut it off. Like one of the last jobs I did was this, it was a grocery chain in the Midwest. And, and I would do these ads and I would kind of like, I kind of sound like myself, but I was like really amped up. And I would always, when I did the audition for it, I like was just improving and just, just being this kind of this character, but it, it mostly sounded like me, but I was just talking really fast and being like, wah, wah, you know, and like, like talking about different things that I liked grocery wise. I don't remember everything about it, but every session I would go in and record like every single month and every session they would they would have me do like a few takes of the script as it was and they go now in this third one do whatever you want and they would Mm. frequently use that like stuff that was in there so like Mm. I was always like send me the scripts um as far in advance as you can just so I have a little bit of time to think about it but sometimes they didn't have time and I was like right there in the session on the spot on the clock you know having to come up with that stuff but it comes up in my auditions for commercials all like more often than not they do not just want one take of the script they want two to three so you've got to find two to three ways to do like co- hospital copy, like, you know, about like at 
you know, St. Joseph Hospital, we're family here and blah, 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 blah. And then at the next one, you might do it a little more stern. St. Joseph Hospital, we don't mess around. We're like family here. And then the third one, you'd be like, you know, here's the deal. At St. Joseph's, <laughs> we're, we're not like someone you don't know. We're like your family. Like, and that you're kind of messing with it. Um, that's it's all about the tone. They, 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 I think here's the thing. I think people don't know what they want till they hear it. And the more flexible and nimble and changeable you are as an actor where you're like, I can come in and give you exactly what you wrote, but I can also shuffle the deck a little bit and then, you know, hand you this other thing. That's a talent they're going to want to work with because suddenly they have all these options. In my personal opinion, I do think sometimes people shoot themselves in the foot with that because there are people, as you probably, like how many of you have been to a restaurant with someone who just can't make a decision and the waiter comes over eight times? Maybe it's you. I don't know. But I was that waiter. You were that waiter, right. And you're just like, oh my God, it's not the last meal you're going to eat. Just order something. But I do think that there's a law of diminishing returns sometimes when clients want so many options that they they overwhelm like I've done recordings where I'm like I'll leave the booth and I'll turn to the engineer and be like uh, have fun narrowing that down like that was like you know so many takes and it's all going to feel the so same. for for sessions like that do you kind of leave thinking did, did they even know what they wanted oh I know it in the moment like I can tell <laughs> well there's there's a couple things that could be happening at situation one there's too many people involved, right? Like the more, like if, if you've got right. two people trying to figure out what something should be, that's going to happen pretty easily. When you've got the writer and seven people from the client on a Zoom and then the director and the engine, and you've got all these people and sometimes people just want to be seen and heard. So they will just give input because they just need to have been seen giving input in that situation that so has chaotic. almost nothing to do with you know like you were you're like I'm doing, like they're like what if we just we just you know did it one more time but we did it this way and I'm and you're thinking yeah there's a million ways we could do this like honestly there's a million ways you're the one who's going to have to sift through hours of takes when this is over and you're not going to be able to hear it anymore. You know, like I had an engineer I used to work with who actually did my demo. And he, I remember I was recording the demo and I wanted to do a few extra takes of something. And he went, I think you have it. And I think you're going to make yourself crazy. It's up to you. You can record extra takes if you want, but you do need to understand it's, it's just watering it down at a certain point. So I can think that, but I never am going to like say that in a session. Like, I'm not going to be like, you guys are screwing yourself. You know, I'm just kind of like, yeah, well, you know, this is how it is sometimes. And Sometimes, you know, there'll be like a big boss somewhere or sometimes you're doing it and they're suddenly like changing the script as you're doing it. Someone's like, why are we saying should when we really mean could, you know? And so then <laughs> there's like people, yeah. this, this happens mostly in commercial copy mm -hmm. because there's, it doesn't really happen that much in animation video game type stuff, but it, you will see it a lot in commercial copy where there's an ad agency and a client um, and a creative team or whatever. And, and then it can sometimes just... It, you just get, you have too many cooks in the kitchen. How many, how many takes did it take you to come up with actually Rosalina? You mean the voice? The voice. Yeah. Was it like first shot? Oh. You just busted out the improv and said, here you go. Or is it? The, for the first audition I did, 
when they sent the call, they wanted me to try and voice match the previous actress. Um, but then they wanted me to put my own spin on it too. So it was kind of just like listening to what was already there and trying to do something in that thing and then kind of doing my own thing with it a little bit. So, uh, it wasn't like I, like Noel was like kind of coming up with something that, cause it existed in other languages, but it didn't exist mm-hmm. yet. So, that's a little bit of a different experience than when you're doing something, when you're like the second or the third voice on something that already exists. You're, to some degree, you're, you're matching what was already there so that yeah. the listener isn't like, who is this? Mm-hmm. Right. So when we were talking about the the cons and stuff, um, I want to kind of piggyback on something. Um, Simpson fan did ask, um, you know, how often do you get recognized in public by the diehard fans? But I kind of want to even grow and compound that a little bit more when you go to these cons and you have people that are showing up specifically to see you, how does, how does that feel? You know, this was my sack anime was the first con I ever did. Um, and it really? was, yeah, I'd never done it before. And it was, I didn't know what to expect. It was so fun. And it was, people were so unbelievably nice and it was such a pleasure to meet everyone. And it wasn't oh, even, wonderful. like, I didn't even care if someone like there were sometimes people would come up and they'd be kind of apologetic and be like, I don't have any money, but I just wanted to meet you. I'm like, yes, that's why I'm here. You know, like, yes. Like 70% of them are shy, like unbelievably yeah. shy. Oh, yeah. And, and like, I was one included in any con that I go to. And so. I have to say, like, it's super humbling to see someone nervous to meet you when you know you're not all that. You know what I mean? When you're like, I'm just like you. I really am. Mm-hmm. Like, I am just a person who goes to the grocery store and I'm not famous riding around in limos. And, you know, I'm and like the, to answer Simpsons fans question, I don't get recognized. Like I, I used to do plays and I would like change out of my costume and I'd walk out. And if it was a, like, you know, there's certain plays where the audience is going to mm-hmm. beat you out because you're in like a corset and a wig and the whole thing. And you got to take all that off. But if it's like, it was a thing where I was dressed kind of like I am, but I was just changing out of like everyday clothes into my own everyday clothes. I could get in and out really fast. And I'd be like going out the theater and I'd sometimes would walk out depending on what side of the theater I was parked on. I would walk out through the lobby and I would be walking oh, next please. to the people who had just seen me on stage who'd be talking about the play and had no idea it was me. And oh, I was geez. not in a hat oh. classes. I look nice. just like I look on stage. <laughs> I'm, I'm much shorter in real, like, like I think when you're watching me in a play and you're like looking up at the stage, I look taller and I'm actually pretty short. So when I'm like walking in a crowd, I don't think it registered with people. Like we just watched her for like an hour and a half. Like, I don't think they knew it was me. So I'm not someone and in voiceover a lot of times. Yeah. People don't know what you look like. They're used to hearing you. Yeah. Um, but, but, but if you don't sound like yourself, like, you know, I don't walk around talking like Noel and Rosalina. If I'm just like out in the world, like if I was at Comic-Con, I wouldn't be standing in like, like, what should I order to drink? You know, I would be just <laughs> having a conversation and I'd sound like myself. Um, so they wouldn't even hear you and, and, and necessarily connect your voice or your face to anything. So it's been, there's only been a few instances I've been recognized ever in public by a stranger. And it, in both times, it was for like the smallest, weirdest theater project that I had done that I thought nobody had seen. And like someone had like happened, I was waiting in line for breakfast somewhere and and like someone was like, I saw you in that show last night. And I was like, God, I don't, I mean, there were hardly anyone there. I'm surprised I don't recognize you. (laughs) Uh, And then uh, another time it was like, I had been in an improv group and there was like someone who I'd been in that group for a long time. And it was someone who kind of regularly came to shows. But again, I didn't, you know, I was like, I should recognize you because sometimes we have shows where there aren't a lot of people. Um, 
but yeah, it's not often I, I get recognized and yeah, I'm very anonymous. <laughs> it's, it's, yeah, I'm, fame is not an issue for me because I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> hey, those, but those are some of the best ones too. You just, you just go about your day and, and that's, mm-hmm. you know, some of the voice actors we've had on have become really good friends of ours just because it's just, they're just every day. They're just yeah. like us. Well, Acting's your job. That's it. And, you know? and trust me, I have done a lot of other things than act, you know, I mean, mm-hmm. yeah, you're, it's a really fortunate place when that's mostly what you're doing. But, um, I mean, sometimes if you need the money that, you know, I've, I've taught, I've worked in the corporate world. I ran an educational theater program for a nonprofit theater. I wrote oh, a shopping oh, call oh, for an online. I mean, I've done a lot of different things. I have waited tables and answered phones and, you know, just like done all that kind of stuff just to pay bills because that's, that's how you do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Given, yes, we have COVID and all that still kind of on the downtrend and whatnot, but when you do have a chance to get together with your family and friends for kind of like a game night or just getting together, do you guys have a favorite game that you guys like to play? Uh, you know, my like immediate family maybe like would play cards, <laughs> but not really, not into video games at all. Like this was really funny. My parents had no, con- I don't think they've ever played any of the Nintendo, anything. They, they don't have a gaming system and I don't think they've even played it anywhere, like at someone else's house or something, because I remember them saying they had gone to buy a car, I think, and they were at the dealership and they said, um, something, something, you know, they're making small talk with the salesman. And he was like, you know, no, you guys have kids. And they're like, oh, you know, we have a daughter. Yeah, no, she's, um, she does, you know, she's an actor. Oh, and then they, the question is always, what has that person oh, been? And yeah. they were like, oh yeah, well, she's been in Grimm and this and that and blah, blah, blah. Oh, she does a, a voice for a cart, some kind of cartoon video game thing. Uh, I think she's Princess uh, Rosalie or something. Like they didn't even know the name. <laughs> and, and then they, the guy was like, Princess Rosalie. And they're like, yeah, that's it. And he was so excited. And they then called me and they go, is that game a big deal? <laughs> I was like, yeah. Yeah, it is. And I mean, I mean really they had, just a little. Just how about your family? Just a little. Like not being impressed and not having yeah. any concept of your job anywhere. And and they didn't even always come see my plays because we lived in different cities, you know. So mm-hmm. I think like for me, they were just like, Are you making any money? Like that's the thing that your family's kind of working about. It's like you're not gonna like move back in here, you, you know, like it was it's it's more coming from that than any level of being, they'll like, they'll watch a TV show if I'm on a TV show and they can watch that. They like to know about that. But mm-hmm. in terms of video game stuff, no concept. Genshin, forget <laughs> it. Uh, <laughs> do you guys have like, with your friends and stuff, do you guys have like a board game or anything that like charades or anything that you guys like to play? I like, love, well, there's, there's a game you can play it a couple different ways. Like I actually have a formal version of it. It's called the name game. Um, but you can, you can do your own like version of it. And it's where you have all these different names of celebrities. I think maybe it's called celebrity and you have, you're in teams. And so like, if I was, you know, like Matt and Theo were my team, I would be trying to get you to guess a celebrity name. And they're like worth a certain amount of points, like a really easy one, like share, you know, would be mm-hmm. worth one point. But then if it was like Isaac Newton, it might be worth two. And then someone like really obscure might be worth three. And you're trying to like rack up points. Like I love guessing games, like games like Taboo and stuff like that. I love Cards Against Humanity. Um, yeah. <laughs> I hate, mm-hmm. I hate, I played board games all the time as a kid, but I like, I have never liked Monopoly. And in fact, I'm shooting a short film this weekend and I'm playing a, a mom who hates Monopoly. Like her family is playing it and she's just like, 
drinking and like not wanting to be there and doing that. She wants to be with the family, but she doesn't want to play the game. I'm like, there's no acting here. Like I really hate this. <laughs> like, it's, just, it's just too much strategy and it just like builds and yeah. stuff. It's, it's depressing. It just reminds yeah. me of like, you know, but you gotta, you gotta be keen. You gotta have that touch too. No, and then, you stop know, it, Jerry. You, no, 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 no. You can hold on. And you, you got lucky. And just remember, lucky. You, you just got lucky. It's going to be short-lived that you have the belt for our Monopoly. <laughs> and we have it. It will happen again soon, and you no, will be knocked down from I your pedestal, sir. Gary, <laughs> I need you to explain to me why is Monopoly fun? Oh, it's not. Oh. <laughs> it's not. It's, no, it's, it's all about oh, who you terrible. play with. It's oh, because no. when it's, it's like the it's four of us, we're just like ragging on each other and making yeah. oh, stupid yeah. deals and just part. trying to just. That, that's the fun yeah, part. I, that's I, the I, fun I part. I don't care who wins, but but I was just one, the guy that like totally thought, oh, dude, I'm not going to win. Like, yeah. it's I, I honest, we honestly thought it was going to be between Matt and Jason because they're the strategists. Like they, yeah. they know how to play. And this, the last time we played, it just so happened I won. It was just like, I, I, I won by like a landslide, and it was such a fluke. Here's the thing: it was so uh, landslide. I don't know. Boardwalk and Park Place. After, after Boardwalk, yeah. After Boardwalk, I got, I got a couple. Yeah. So it, I mean, it, it was pretty good. My wife used but to like Monopoly. So my wife used to like playing Monopoly, so and she then played she played with your father. And she played with my dad. <laughs> And my dad just <laughs> obliterated us. And it was like, I'm used to it because that's how we used to play Monopoly, you know, Friday nights at, yeah. you know, at the dinner table. And I mean, I was probably like 10 or 11 at the time. So I was like, already my, learning my family retired craft. for, for um, three and a half years. Cause it, it, it brought yeah. such a huge fight between the siblings <laughs> that we're done. I love it's, it. it's going in the closet for a I few love years. it when a game is banned. Like, no more shoots and ladders right. in this house. Like, that's right. it. Right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yep. And then that's oh, why we only play sibling, it with my siblings four of us. and I. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, when yeah, all yeah. four of us are together so like in real world, that's the only time we'll play it. Because then we'll just I mean we used to we used to sit there playing it in line at E3 yeah. waiting for yeah. it. That's, that's, how, it started. that's hey, kind of we played, how it started. Yeah. I mean, even at the Nintendo yeah. booth, we were playing Monopoly you know, just on the Switch yeah, right there and whatnot. Yeah. Um I will say, like, I I liked playing I and I've told this story before. There I have a friend who's a pretty big gamer, when um, we would do theater together, we would bring our DS lights and we would race Mario Kart backstage when we weren't on, which is really That's awesome. That's awesome. But if you look on my Instagram, there's a picture on there of me in kind of like a wig and a like, you know, early 19th century costume. And I'm, I drew on like the little thing of where the DS light is in my pocket because we, <laughs> we were so miserable in that show. We were, And my dress had pockets and he had like a pocket in his costume and we would be... Like the second we would be off, we'd be like racing, and then we would like come so back on and do our funny. scene and go off and race again. But we were—it was the only way we got through that show. That show was fraught with problems, and it was such an unpleasant experience. Like that was what. Oh no! Made, but I, and I'll tell you another story. This is this guy. I mean, he—he's the reason I have a DS Light because we were doing a show where I was the lead in the show. So I was on all the time, but anytime I was off, he had just got one. And, um, it was the, he had the Wario games touched Wario touched Mm, game. Mm -hmm. And I was obsessed with that. Like I was like, you blow on the thing and that moves the balloon across. What? I remember that game. That game blew my mind. I was just like, this is so exciting. And so he was like, give me money. I'll go buy you one on the break. And I was like, go. So he like went to GameStop and got me the game. And, you know, then I like, 
was basically just like playing. He had like lent me some stuff. Like I think I was playing like elite beat agents and the Wario games and some other stuff on there. And um, <laughs> then a little later we were doing a show together where he had some game on his phone like right around the time, like, you know, a lot of apps were, were coming out with that mm. kind of stuff. And it was, I think it was, you remember the game Kitten Jump? Do you remember no, yes. It's old. It's, 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 it's Kitten Jumping from Cloud to Cloud. Yeah, that's all <laughs> it is. I was obsessed with it. And anytime <laughs> his phone was there in the dressing room. And so there was a whole first part of this show mm. where it was a woman had kind of a monologue by herself. And then I was the first person to come on. But it was about 10 minutes of her out there by herself just talking. Oh and um, I was backstage. <laughs> and so it was, you know, it was one of those theaters where the dressing room was right behind the stage. So when the show started, you couldn't make noise. Like you couldn't really talk back there. You could go back and change your costume, but you couldn't like crash around and make a lot of noise you had to be really quiet because the audience would be able to hear the sound bleed and so I was back there and I was playing and I was like ah. and I was like so stressed about kitten jump because I was like oh my god I'm doing so good and I realized I had pitted out my costume like I had sweat these huge because I was so on stage and I couldn't like take a hair dryer and like dry my shirt so I'm like back there with like a towel oh, going no. oh my god I've got like flop sweat from <laughs> playing kitten oh, jump um and then i was like well she's supposed to be late for work maybe this is just gonna have to work for the character because like that character was a mess like i had like wet hair and like runs oh, okay. my nylons and she was oh, kind of like a oh, you played off pretty easy yeah. then i was like yeah. we're gonna roll and i came in and like with a big parka over it but i'm like as soon as i come out for that first scene people are gonna see like sweat stains on this shirt and i just was like okay no more kitten <laughs> jump before the show like that clearly <laughs> i need to be cut off it got too intense <laughs> I tell you, it's all his fault. He's the one who always brings those games. So with you not being really a gamer or anything, have you thought about or have you picked up a, a Nintendo console since the DS to play some of the games that you've actually voiced characters in? I haven't played a lot of my own game. I mean, I've started playing Genshin on my phone. Mm-hmm. Um, and it just took me, I mean, it's, it's, you know, it's a, what do they call it? A world, a open world? Is that what they call yep. it? Open world open game. World. And yep. um I didn't know what to do for like, if I'm just like running around on the beach going, I don't get it. Am I supposed to swim or climb or what? And then I saw the compass and I'm like, oh, follow that. So I started like, it started going better, but you know, I've like stalled out a lot of times because I'm like, I don't know what to do. Like, I don't know how to get through this bed of thorns or whatever this is that Amber's like throwing bombs at. Um, I don't know. And, and then it's just taking the time. And the thing I think, I think people think, well, you know, you're doing the voices for mm-hmm. these games and you like games. I do, but you know, so why aren't you playing more? I'm like, because I'm, I spend most of my evenings recording and editing and sending auditions that are due the next mm-hmm. day. That's a lot of my time. It's called work. <laughs> it's called the hustle. You know what I mean? Like during the day you're, you know, doing other stuff for your career and, you know, scheduling and following up on things and going and actually doing work and recording things and you know working on projects and then some of your time is auditioning and trying to line up those next jobs and sending emails and submitting yourself for work and you know you have agents but a lot of times you do that on your own too like you don't just like kind of sit back and wait for your phone to ring like if you really want things to happen sometimes it's about reaching out to people Mm -hmm. that you met or taking classes and you know, networking and getting to know people and, you know, contacting studios and doing all that kind of stuff. And it doesn't leave you with a ton of time to mm-hmm. even watch television. Like I'm so behind on watching the Oscar nominated movies and stuff like, you know, doing my best to get through that, but there's just not a lot of time in the day. Mm-hmm. I saw a TikToker that's uh, a voiceover and they were saying the same kind of thing that, you know, they're constantly sending out auditions and everything. Mm-hmm. They don't really have time. And then mm-hmm. there's not a, a ton of return on those like that investment of time either right now, because there's just so many people able to just submit, here you go. 
you just yeah i mean it's it's the game like anyone who doesn't like hustle the hustle of that would hate this career because it's mm-hmm. kind of like like job hunting every day of your life even when you have work you know i mean i suppose if you're like yeah. a series regular on a show but i had a friend who was in a show on broadway and he said, you know, he was just enjoying being on Broadway, just having a great time. And he said all these other people in the cast, when they were not on doing a scene, they were like, you know, backstage on their phone with their agent, like, you know, calling casting directors and inviting them to the show and giving them free tickets because they right. wanted those people to see. Like they were hustling, trying yeah. to line up that next gig. And he just kind of sat back. He goes, the show ended. I didn't have another job. And all these other people did because mm-hmm. they were lining up work and that is part of you know what this is like you can't just be like well i'm doing because genshin bit impact does not record every day <laughs> you know what i mean no, no, like video no. games there you're not recording every day like you're recording once in a while for that so you yep. you're trying to like do i suppose if you're like on the simpsons you know and you're going in and you're recording on mm. a regular but look at the shows that get canceled Look at shows that get canceled and brought back. Did you see that article? It was out today on Deadline about Futurama. Yeah, Futurama's good. Yeah. No, they're bringing it back. Marvel. But, yeah. but yeah. better. They, on Hulu. It's but they're, re, they're recasting the guy who did the robot. Uh, no. Oh, for Bender? Yeah. No. Yeah. That's like, really, that's disappointing. No. I like me and my wife were actually talking about that last night. And we're just like, didn't future it ended like like beautifully and it's like i yeah. don't know how you would continue and continue going on futurama like because here's the thing jason we can we can sum it up very nicely especially some of us that grew up in the 80s and stuff is like nowadays they can't come up with anything original that they're going back to the 80s and the 90s and grabbing all those shows and giving them dude, reboots dude, and heavily. whatever i mean you, you can see you, you can see it's going on right now say by the bell uh, 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 Girl Meets World. All of them are getting little oh, yeah, twists, but yeah. all of them well, are reboots coming you're, back. You're totally right on that. I completely agree. Like, like the the nostalgia thing is is a thing for sure. Like of people like like going to the comfort, and especially I think in the times we're in with COVID, people are like, people want the comfort of the familiar. But I will say, I think there's some incredibly exciting new stuff. Squid Game. What else oh, have yeah. you seen that was that? Like, there was nothing like that. I've watched so many shows, like <laughs> new shows, like that are like, you know, based on books or whatever, or just like, you know, really interesting, like Ted Lasso, like that didn't exist anywhere. That's a really yep. great show. I love Ted Lasso. Um, I love, like, and talk Such about, a good show. Talk about a show that to watch during the pandemic when you just needed to feel good for some reason, any reason. Like I was just definitely hits the feels for sure. So So strong. There's that, and then Shit's Creek. Like nothing that wasn't. Like like, I could list fifteen new flight attendant. I just watched that. That was really. I love them. Oh, with Kaylee Cuoco. Yeah, that one's good. That show was fantastic. Oh yeah. Dark humor based on a book. Um, like you really start looking at some of these shows that are doing really well, and they are original ideas. You know. and the, mm-hmm. the reboot stuff is out there for the people who are seeking it. Um, you know, the Saved by the Bells are like, you know, let's remake this and that. But there's, there is, because of streaming platforms and all that, there is a lot yeah. of really exciting new content. Like, you're, you're right in saying that it's that, that reboot stuff is there. But I will say there is an appetite mm-hmm. for new stuff and it's getting made. Like, That's why know, I, I agree as well. Because I was about to say, but people are, are, are kind of into it and yearning for it. Like, yeah. The, the moment I think Queen's they Gambit. saw, mm-hmm. yeah, and, very good. And like the moment they first saw uh, Karate Kid getting uh, streamed on Netflix again, it's it kind of sprung Cobra Kai. And mm-hmm. look at Cobra Kai; it's a it's a sensation now, and that's that's awesome. It's, it's breaking a lot of that old though, stuff you know? back. 
Yeah, true. I think there's, but it's kind of revi- It is reviving that old stuff, but now it's it's, it's still going being original, new property. Yeah, well, and and you know certainly like what we're seeing with like the push towards like having more diverse casting and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. That's going to change some of these reboots. They're not going to like take these shows that oh, were yeah. predominantly white cast, and it's making them way more interesting in the seventies and eighties. And they're bringing them back now, and they're totally yeah. different, you know. And so, mm-hmm. you know, I'm trying to give anything I'm watching a chance to be something new. Like I've been in a lot of play revivals, right? Like where I was in the original production of a play, and they brought that play back, but not everybody who was in the original cast could come back, and mm-hmm. the that there were times when I did it where they really just tried to plug that new person in and told them what the previous person did and tried to get them to kind of ape that. That didn't work particularly well because you weren't really looking at like, like if we were all in a cast and Theo was the new person and we were like, hey, Theo, Robert, who was here before you, just do what Robert did. That doesn't work well because we're not getting what's innately Mm -hmm. interesting about Theo as an actor, like why he got that when it worked really well is we went, okay, Theo, we're going back to the square one and we're going to approach this like we approached it brand new and we're going to see what you bring to that character that since you're not Robert, you're Theo. And mm-hmm. let's all see how that changes us because that is improv, right? Like improv mm-hmm. is like being changed by what you hear. It is about being different and new and kind of going with that flow. And I think that's what, when I saw things be very successful, when it really wasn't the same show. And then you'd start hearing people go, I saw the first one and it was so exciting to see this version because you changed two people in the cast and it became mm-hmm. a new show mm-hmm. because like a, a really good example of that is I did a show um, where I played like a dean of students and then there's a there's a student in it and uh, he's supposed to be kind of like this privileged white rap boy is kind of the character. And the first actor they cast in it was it, like, just, just was a little bit like effeminate and just, you know, just kind of, mm, you know, like, I don't know, but like a little bit whiny. It, like it's the way he played it. Like, I'm not saying the actor was that, but that's that's the, the spin he put on that character. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The set and it worked fantastic. He was wonderful, loved it. The second guy who came in was very much like all American football player, earnest, super good looking. Mm-hmm. Um, and he played it more just like oh, the big man on campus. And it completely changed those. I couldn't play the scene the same way because mm. the dynamic you have with that first guy is not the dynamic you have with the second guy. Um, right. They they require different response. You know, if, if, if I'm being a good actor, they do like, I mean, I can choose to play the same way, but it's going to look disconnected and weird. Mm-hmm. Like the way I would respond to that first guy and the second guy, it's just, you just don't respond to people the same way. We mm-hmm. don't, we, we act differently around different people. And so revivals, if they're done well, can be fascinating. Like when you go back oh, and, yeah. and you look at the thing and you're like, oh my God, and like it sometimes makes you want to go back and see the first thing even more to right. see if it's different. Mm-hmm. Totally agree. Blah, blah, blah. I'm sorry, you got me. But on there's, the- oh no, it's fine. <laughs> there's, but there's a it. fine yeah. line between doing the reboot and a remake and just yeah. letting it be. Because like there was talks a couple years ago that they wanted to remake Goonies. Mm-hmm. There's just some things you, and they've also talked about redoing Back to the Future. There's just <laughs> some things you just leave need alone. To leave. I agree. Like really, like like yeah, really iconic movies, like you know Citizen Kane or something. It's like, why would you? Why why do you need to redo that? Like, but no, then yeah. I haven't seen West Side Story yet, and I hear it's fantastic. Like you know West Side mm-hmm. Story, a classic. Yeah. I mean, amazing for I what it was at the great time. About it. And amazing, even and it, it's it's stand like if you just watch like the dance sequences in West Side Story, the thing I always think about when I watch that was like those are continual shots. Like the camera doesn't move mm-hmm. off those people. That is people, and you know they didn't do one take. That is 
super yeah. trained triple threat actor, singer, dancers who probably have come from Broadway and put into this film and did that scene over and over. You hear like Debbie Reynolds, you know, talking about when she did Sing in the Rain that mm-hmm. her feet bled after the yep. Good Morning tap scene. Like she was, they had done that so many times. And then you see us like that. And like when you, I always notice when a camera doesn't move, when it doesn't cut and you realize how long those actors had to do whatever it was they're doing. There's no CGI. There's no special. Mm. I always like to look for that too. Yeah. A a single run of a scene, especially um, perfect example is Birdman. So well done. Mm-hmm. Yep. but all continuous scenes just or those are very nice like that that the pool party oh yeah nights or good oh, fellas, yeah. like when they go into the like like the amount of time mm-hmm. it must have taken mm-hmm. for every single thing to time out exactly perfectly right that the camera didn't shake or wobble you know like the amount of times you probably did that over and over to get that mm-hmm. there's such appreciation that's the thing that's so interesting too from live theater to doing film is you know it is such a collaborative art in film where Mm -hmm. like yes there's collaborative lights and sounds and costume working together in theater but you know so often when you're doing takes again you don't even always know if they're like there's so many times you're like am I even in like how much I'm in the shot then they go your your shoulders in the shot you're gonna you have to do it over and over again but we can't even see your face so you're like oh okay so I don't actually have to cry in this one because you know you're not even yeah no we don't see you so we're doing other yeah. things but that, yep. but that you and that you have and that the director has got such a different role in film because it tells the audience what to look at like if you're looking at a stage audience can look at anything they can watch that girl mm-hmm. in the red dress or they can like look at the lights or they can notice the set or they could watch the two people talking it no one has any control. Like you hope that everyone on stage is giving focus to what they should be looking at. And that's your job as an actor, but mm-hmm. film like that camera just goes, you're going to look at that. Yeah. I want you to look over here. I want focus you to focus on the this. story that they have a yeah. much stronger, a director, a film director has a much different um, uh, level of control. And that's, mm-hmm. I think that's so interesting. Like when you start like thinking about that going, wow, they really, they are the ones who really tell you what story you're going to hear. Yep. And much like our normal conversations, that went off on a complete different tangent <laughs> like we normally do. I mean, how much? Uh, we have barely discussed oh, no. video games. I'm so sorry. No, 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 no that no. was the whole point. It was exactly it was why we wanted you on here. And the better actor is it. Um, great. You know, it's, we don't always talk video games with the other voice no. actors that we've had on and, and whatnot, too. So, um, Laura, before we, uh, you know, wrap this up for tonight, though, um, why don't you let the... Uh, listeners on the the podcast as well as those are tuning in on on twitch um know where they can find you on social media they want to follow you yeah if you want to follow me i'm i spend most of my time on instagram for social media and it's just my name laura faye smith l-a-u-r-a-f-a-y-e-s-m-i-t-h that's my instagram handle and it's the same for um twitter those are kind of the two main places i don't really spend any time on facebook um no point in looking for me there because I'm not posting there. Um, and then I don't have like a TikTok or anything. So Instagram and Twitter, and I definitely spend more time on Instagram, but I'm trying to get better with Twitter because that is where a lot of video game people like mm-hmm. to be. And so I actually started getting more active on there recently. Um, and that's where I'll like, if I'm going to be at a con in your area, like that's where I'm usually talking about that kind of stuff. So uh, while we close that, Simpson Fanny and I just put in chat that they're hoping to take 
their daughter to meet you at the SoCal Gaming Expo at the end of the month. I'm so excited mm. about SoCal Gaming Expo, you guys. I, you know, again, like that's, I haven't done a ton of these, but like, I think it looks so cool. So nice. since then I hope I get to meet you too. Make sure you come up and tell me that that was your handle. Um, and, uh, <laughs> yeah, I hope to see you there. That's that's the week after I get back from Pensacon, um, doing that. And that's in Ontario, California. And I'm just excited to walk around that and just see all the old school stuff do you guys know much about that socal retro gaming expo Mm-mm, i don't Mm-mm, not it, at all but you, i you can like follow them on follow them on instagram um it's it's that's, cool it's it's all like i think you know like atari and old school gaming things and, to, i'm gonna check that out yeah it's it's yeah. it looks like it's gonna mm-hmm. be great and like they're they're posting like you know these stacks of these old games and stuff that that people are gonna <laughs> have and be oh, selling sweet. i'm sure it's just like run i don't really know what to expect but i'm super curious about it i think it'll bring back so a lot of memories. i'm gonna out real quick i'm gonna out simpson fan 89 because he is a very good friend of ours oh it's josh i do it i know josh? josh no no it oh. just Maldonado. You know, it's josh Maldonado. Uh, Jerry, you know Maldonado. Really good friend of it. You know Maldonado. Yeah. Um, he is he is a fantastic nice, guy, and I hope he does get to to meet you and bring Luella um, to meet you Absolutely. at the the expo. Sweet, sweetest um, guy ever, Josh is, and Luella. I will yeah. keep, I will try to yep. remember that. So yeah, Josh, I just threw you under the bus. Sorry. Oh, <laughs> 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 so, yeah. but you know, Theo and I have known him going back what a decade now. Oh, I don't even know. I feel Back, like IBM was forever ago. I know it was. Um, so yeah, that was a long time ago. Yeah, he used to, Josh used to work with Theo and I um, years ago. It's what, 2013, 2012, something like that when we all started. So, um, but with that though, um, for everybody that uh, crashed game night with us in the Twitch channel and for those uh, that are going to be listening to us on the audio feed this week and on podcast, thank you very much for crashing game night with us. As always, it's always our pleasure to uh, try and bring some laughter to your evenings, um, especially during these times that are going on right now. Um, the world's a crazy place right now with COVID and everything going on over in uh, Europe, which uh, for any listeners that are over there in Ukraine, please stay safe with everything that's going on over there. Um, hopefully we're able to distract you just for a little bit, but stay vigilant and stay safe over there. Um, if you like what you heard, this is the first time tuning in, make sure you hit that follow button on Twitch or subscribe to us on the podcast platform of your choice and head on over to crashinggamenight.com to check out those past episodes. Um, Laura, it was fantastic having you on. We could have kept going on and on with stories, I think. Yeah, um, we could have kept going. And you so are, uh, <laughs> you are uh, welcome back anytime you want to. So um, anytime pleasure. you want to just come out and chill on game night, just hit me up and be like, Hey, what are you guys doing? <laughs> and hey, we'll can we play Monopoly? Out. I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Jerry, I'm coming for that belt. Anyways, um, as always, everybody, uh, please just uh, be excellent to each other and stay frosty. That's right, everyone. And uh, once again, uh, please, I'm going to do, uh, I'm, I'm going to, He's going to fade in. He's going to freeze right now. now. And he's going to lag out. Perfect time to freeze. That is the best Perfect time. Is he talking to us? Have we stopped? Here we go. Here we go. He's He's just struggling. He's struggled hard. (laughs) Everyone, stay safe. Uh, uh, (laughs) Your LGBTQ plus community, Black Lives Matter, everyone, please. Am I am I cutting out? I'm cutting yeah. out. Yeah, yeah, you are. Go to Jason. Go to Jason. <laughs> <laughs>
But thank God, you again. This is, this is, <laughs> yep, yep. Just Jason. Thank you again. I'll, I'll shout over. out for Jerry. You know, um, what is he? He always says, you know, uh, remember, stop the Asian hate, Black Lives Matter, uh, support LGBTQ. Um, anything else I miss, Jerry? Dang, swooping in. He's like, it's like he's done this oh, for yeah. Jerry no, before or something. Yeah. Jeez. I, I, I mean, I've, I feel like I've done everyone's role at least one time before, but uh, again. If you're out there, uh, please. If you have the ability to uh, the, get the back only one, to I, the only thing I want to try one's mention right now. Yeah, the internet sucks. <laughs> <laughs> well, anyways, if, if you're out there, please. If you have the ability to get vaccinated, please still do. Um, you know, booster shots. I, me, and my wife, we just got our booster shots. Um, just that boy yesterday. Yeah. It, well, it's been, it took a while because uh, I, had, as you all know, I personally yeah. had caught COVID so I had to wait a little bit before I can get a booster but you know shout outs to you again Laura thank you so much for being on with us my pleasure um, it was again, lovely talking to you the couch hopefully the next time it'll be a new couch um for sure um but yeah get vaccinated <laughs> out there please stay safe definite shout out to all the uh restaurant workers out there this week you guys are in game time both for Super Bowl and Valentine's both back to back and uh i know i'm not as much a rams fan but you know i'm in the city of la so you know let's go rams this week let's go rams this week (laughs) such excitement behind that yeah you know i'm not a rams fan it's okay but you know i'm an la guy Laura is so great to have you on. We really appreciate it for those out there. Thank you for watching. Thanks for listening till next time. TTFN. Ta-ta for now. Good night, everybody. Good night.